We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021, and this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino, and alongside me, once again, New Year, same good old friend of ours, D2 Dolomite, Dave Martinez. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year, and uh, to everyone, and to you, Mike, and uh, yeah, our 101st episode. Indeed, starting the year out with a bang for sure. We made it. 2021 is here and so many cool things to do. Certainly already started on many of them. This is a special episode for sure. But D2, before I brag on our featured conversation, I want to brag on the great city of Atlanta. I shared with you just recently what I uncovered over the holidays as an accomplishment that I think we should all, all of our listeners and those who are perhaps exercising right now as you listen to this, take a very worthwhile note of congratulations because it has come out, the Mind Body Wellness Index. For those of you not familiar with this scoring, it is the top 50 largest cities in the U.S. looking at wellness. It looks at a variety of things, including physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, environmental, social, and occupational health in and around the major metropolitan markets. We have been disappointed in our ranking in the past when we've not been further ahead, including not making the top 10 this year. Number two, South Florida, specifically Miami, gets the number one nod. We are now number two, headed for the top spot. D2, that is pretty cool, and I think something you and I know to be true. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's pretty awesome. I mean, I don't know what changed from, from the previous year to, to this year. Um, maybe it was a pandemic and more people kind of being active that, that you know, bumped us up. But I can't imagine that that was only in the city of Atlanta. And uh, at the same time, I'm like, it's going to be hard to compete with Miami with, uh, you know, the warm weather, the the palm trees, the tropical breeze and uh, to get that top spot. So, you know, we'll see. I think we can do it. Well, and it's funny you mentioned those warmer temperatures as well as, you know, what was the impact from the pandemic? If you look at the top 10 warmer climates, for sure, tend to be a little bit healthier based on this mind-body index. Number three, San Francisco. Some may say not all that warm, right? The coldest winter I've ever experienced, summer in San Francisco. That may be true. Number six, also in California, San Jose. Seven in California, Los Angeles. Eight in California, San Diego. Number nine, Houston, Texas. Man, does that sun come off hot of all that asphalt and concrete. For those of you who are curious, four went to New York, New York. Five went to Washington, D.C., who we've chided in the past. Number 10, rounding out that coveted top 10 spot, Seattle, Washington, was creeping into that this year. One thing I will mention, D2, pandemic, just kind of riffing on this, you and I, I would say perhaps Beltline, even though social distance and being mindful of time of day using that, 
I'm seeing more and more people out there. Also with less traffic in places where we have stores, including inside the Beltline or inside I-285, Decatur, I see more people on bikes. In and around Midtown, I see plenty of people on foot, even if they're not working. And even in neighborhoods around Brookhaven and Swanee Town Center, I still see so many people out and about on foot or on bike, even though the vehicular traffic is much less. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think those are all great points. I, you know, I know that I was surprised when I went out to the Beltline. Um, God, I think it was sometime in October, September, October, and uh, ran on a, I think a Sunday morning, and I was surprised to see the number of people that are out there, especially in the areas where are not completely uh, aren't finished. It's just gravel right now, and there was a good amount of people early in the morning that were out there and taking advantage of the of the Beltline. Well, I hope that continues. Obviously, join us in our pursuit to take the top spot next year. Number two is a great improvement, but number one is where we have our sites, Atlanta. Today, what we have for you, certainly going to get you off on the right foot. What we've done, really, really special to us. We think you're going to enjoy this as well. We know that resolutions and just an eye towards improvement is on your mind and ours as we launch into 2021. We have canvassed our stores and we asked our store managers from each location to join us, candidly speaking, to Shanta McMillan and Decatur and Kate Brun and Marietta were unable to make any of the taping times this week work, but we have five of our store managers who join us share their thoughts on how we can be successful with our intentions for this year. I think you're going to enjoy hearing them, perhaps hearing them again if you already know them personally, or getting to know them, not just because of the great guidance they give us, but because of the great individuals you can easily sense them to be. So after a very brief message, we're going to have a conversation with Jason Tony, with Joanna Jordan. Certainly it will include Chris Shaner and Billy Simpson. Last but certainly not least, it will be our pleasure to introduce you to our friend Wade Coleman, who came to are taping right off of an exercise routine that inspired the rest of us. Hopefully, collectively, we will do the same for you, unedited, right after this brief message. It's winter and that spring half marathon or marathon will be here before you know it. As your runs get longer, you'll need additional fuel to power through those long runs and get you across the finish line. Everyone has different needs and tastes, so we recommend that you experiment with different gels, bars, and hydration products to see what works best for you. Stock up and save. Purchase 10 or more individual packets and save 10%. Buy a box and save 15%. Clubs and training groups can combine their discount for additional savings up to 25% off. Come into any Big Peach Running Company location and stock up so you're ready for those long runs. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast, D2. Very, very cool. Again, Happy New Year to everyone. We are excited to get 2021 started. And what better way to do it than D2 and I having the grand fortune of bringing along friends and colleagues of ours, those who we know are going to not just offer us, but offer all of us something that we can use. Sure, it is traditional to start a new year thinking about what might change, maybe what our resolutions are. We talk in context at Big Peach Running Company 
stop, start, and continue, meaning what is it that we did recently or in the past that we should stop doing? What is it that we believe we need to start doing for our own well-being? And then what is it that we have been doing that has proven beneficial or has produced important results that we should continue to do? And with that setup, we have five of our seven store managers with us. These are people perhaps you know, friends of ours. I'm going to mention their names really, really quickly. I'll let them give a greater introduction, but Jason, Tony in Brookhaven, he is here with us. We also have Joanna Jordan J2 from our store in Kennesaw, Wade Coleman in Alpharetta. We have Billy Simpson in Swanee GA and right in the heart of it all, Chris Shaner in Midtown. Unfortunately, both Kate Brunn in Marietta and Shanta McMillan in Decatur were unable to join us this week when we did our New Year's taping. But first and foremost, Joanna and gentlemen, Happy New Year and welcome to the Run ATL podcast. Hello. Well, I, I love the, yeah, there it is. Now the microphones are starting to light up. Billy, go ahead and say it, brother. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. And I know everybody else, we will let you hear their dulcet tones. Jason knew he was going to get this first because I cannot think of our stores alphabetically. That's too challenging for me. I always think of them chronologically. For those of you who are not as familiar with Big Peach Running Company, we opened in 2004 in Brookhaven, Georgia. That was our first location. So as we go through this, Jason will have the good fortune, at least initially, to have to answer first. But we talk about this Jason internally about always seeking improvement and what a great time of year to start that you knew this question was coming you obviously are a person of much accomplishment you have seen accomplishment not just in your own life but those you care about and many many others who you've come to get to know on your team and in your store with that being said and thinking about just passing along guidance and advice to others what is it in what you understand about accomplishment or achievement or getting started in that direction that you've seen might be somewhat universal and you think is worth calling out or pulling out at the beginning of the year for all of us to think about? And Jason, thanks again, as I always say, for being willing to go first. Of course. Th thank you, Mike. So, so while thinking about this question and I, I have a, a few notes written down, um, one of the, the through threads that I noticed with everything that I was thinking was discipline. Um, I, I think that's something that's very important when trying to create, whether it's a resolution, a goal, anything of that sort, having a level of discipline, especially with self, um, is something that even in my experience and experience that I've seen with other individuals accomplishing what they want to accomplish, having discipline has really been that through thread. Um, whether it comes to having accountability, which is kind of a subset of that, whether that's a spouse, a friend, a parent, a child it could be, um, or even just having a schedule, something that is set in stone, something that you have written down, jotted down to help you accomplish your resolutions, your goals, whatever you're seeking out to complete. Well, I love the fact that you mentioned both discipline and accountability, Jason, because you're not going to sugarcoat it, right? Those things are not easy by any means. 
and yet oftentimes we hear the onset of a resolution themed or an achievement themed conversation and people want to make it sound simple or make it sound like it's hardly going to take any effort at all right out of the gates you remind us that's not true because discipline and accountability through others or by our own means is difficult anything you would say about how to be more successful instituting some discipline in an area if that has not been an area maybe we've been disciplined in the past i would i would say i would fall back on accountability um we could whether it's again like a goal whether it's a diet whether it's a resolution it, it is very difficult to accomplish those things on your own however if you have a a partner in that with you that that is something that even in my experiences has been helpful um just a, as an example um my girlfriend at the time now fiance we went vegan back in 2016 and it was something that was definitely challenging it was something that we didn't go quite cold turkey we sort of eased into it but we had each other to keep each other accountable and keep each other um moving in the direction that we wanted to move and i don't think that um i would still be vegan if it wasn't for her accountability and and i think that kind of goes both ways and i think that helped us both be successful in that that is awesome alongside the very cool vegan pun of no cold turkey listen to that again you think about an accountability partner nowadays we get that in person isn't nearly as common as what it used to be perhaps in the future will be more like what it once was but nowadays there is telehealth there are social and workout minded ways to do video conferencing there are ways that we're using technology for administering training programs and fitness classes and workout routines that have never before been either utilized or certainly at the height of popularity they've achieved now so finding that accountability partner what an awesome piece of advice from jason and perhaps more accessible to us than ever before maybe it is someone who's in our household or has a relationship with us like what jason does his fiance but at the same time it may be someone who has a similar aspiration or a total stranger who can come alongside me or you and be that same person that Mary was to Jason when he made that decision that he outlined for us. Very, very cool. J2, coming your way. Joanna Jordan, same question. Thinking about all those areas where you've realized achievement and witnessed it in others. Any guidance that you would also provide? So for me, in thinking on this question, I just kind of instantly flashed back to um, some advice that my dad was given and then, you know, passed on to me and uh, the rest of my siblings of just don't set yourself up for failure. Don't jump into it thinking it's going to happen overnight. You're going to, you know, be able to wake up and instantly run the race or lose the weight or, you know, whatever habit you're trying to change or improve. It's going to take less than you think for longer than you think um so going into it you're going to have a a big main goal of you know maybe you want to run a marathon in 2021 
don't wake up and think by the end of January, you're going to be able to do that. You know, you have to set little goals along the way, focus on the little one, maybe two step goals instead of the whole big picture. Don't let yourself get overwhelmed. Uh, take it off in bites. Oh man, that is awesome. So take it off in bites. And then you mentioned big picture. I have to say when you said, don't set yourself up for failure, that was reassuring to me. And I thought about the term realistic as in be realistic. Anything that you would say, Joanna, might help us be realistic. Are small bites that way to be realistic? Or are there other things that can help us be more realistic? Because I think that's part of the challenge. We know right now that if this was any other year, the gyms would be stuffed with people. Our stores would have all kinds of our guests, you know, coming through the doors to get equipment they've not purchased before because because they have all this enthusiasm, but they're only looking at the big picture and perhaps being somewhat unrealistic. Anything else you might comment on to ensure that that doesn't happen to us again or we don't become victims of looking at too big of a picture too quickly? Uh, I think a lot of that kind of falls back on what Jason was talking about of, you know, having a support group, having one or a few people that are in it with you that can kind of, for me at least, uh, you know, my people tend to have to rein me back in when I want to wake up and sign up for, you know, the 100 miler or, hey, I'm going to go run this today. And they kind of like, eh, well, you know, you're hurt or let's not do that quite yet. Let's kind of, let's, you know, let's do that in December. Let's today go run, you know, however long, just kind of having the people that, you know, with loving intentions can kind of rein you back in and say, eh, let's, that's awesome. Let's keep that energy and do maybe not quite as much. That's awesome. The expression, we are in this together. And of course, a term that we rally around and be are so compelled to give meaning to community. And I think that's what you're suggesting, Joanna, that alongside Jason's advice, it, it needs to be either another person or perhaps a community that helps you. There's an expression that we use at Big Peach Running Company that I think harkens to the advice we just got from Joanna, and that is gradual increases produce the greatest results. So thinking about what she said in terms of taking little bites or manageable bites in order to pursue and ultimately accomplish that big target, again, gradually, gradual increases produce the greatest results. We're going to travel now to the north up Georgia 400, Wade Coleman in our Alpharetta store. I know you're there because we had video on you to start with. All the shoes were in the background. So right there from our stock room in ALP, Wade, what comes to mind on this question? Oh, gosh. Uh, first two uh, took most of my answers, I feel like. But um, <laughs> fortunately, I always have a backup plan. So with um, kind of breaking it down into smaller pieces, you know, bite-sized pieces, like Joanna mentioned, uh, like to also put in that you can give yourself rewards. So mm -hmm. if you're, uh, you know, training for a marathon, you practice in discipline of, you know, eating well, you know, give yourself ice cream every once in a while. Um, I think uh, most people here know that I'm a huge fan of Ben, uh, ben and Jerry's. And so i uh, got a complicated plan for how I'm going to get myself Ben and Jerry's this year without eating too much of it. Um, and then to, another part of it is also what, you know, I like to look at what the goals of my goals are. So for 2021, I want to requalify Boston. And if, you know, look, you know, lose the ability to run a marathon, you know, I want to also know what my goal of that goal is. So really I'm looking at getting 
you know, healthier, getting more fit. So if I can still achieve that, and then I've got that backup plan, I can still achieve the overarching goal. So let me ask you this, because you've been the first that is brave enough to say, here's a goal for me. So I think that's an awesome one, not just because it connects so much to our respective business and industry, but I think even if others don't have the desire to run a marathon or make it a running themed goal, they can appreciate why qualifying for Boston is a goal for someone who's part of our team or someone who may be part of their own social circle. Knowing that it's early January, knowing that you've got plenty of time to do so, but a lot of work to make it happen. What are a couple of the first few steps that you are taking that are maybe those smaller bites that after you achieve, you'll give yourself the reward that you mentioned wonderfully and yet is on its way to the bigger target? Uh, so let me see, kind of overall looking at how I can get up to that sort of pace speed distance um, by following roughly the rule of 10% that we use for running. If not increasing our training by more than 10% a week, whether it's mileage, speed, you know, those sorts of things that we can do it safely. And so giving myself goals like, you know, once I do my first half marathon um, distance run, giving myself some Ben and Jerry's or, you know, pint of ice cream, whatever I happen to be in the mood for. Um, and then once I get up to 50 mile weeks where I'm actually sustaining that, you know, making it more of a weekly reward for myself. So there are kind of less frequent rewards that I get initially. And the better I follow those, then the more I get later. Um, partly so I can look at it and say, man, I get a pint of ice cream every single week if I uh, hit that overarching goal of, you know, 50 miles a week for my distance, which is actually something I've never achieved except for a single week last year. So that'll be, a, I'd say, a big, tough one for me. Man, I love that. And, and many people have heard perhaps some could go through each of the terms that make this acronym make sense, and that is SMART goals. I'm not going to go through all of them right now, but it does go specific. And then the M is measurable. And if you listen or re-listen to Wade and what he just said, he mentioned three things that are very measurable. He talked about that volume gain of 10%. Very easy to measure. Did he do that? Week or every two weeks after week or every two weeks. He also mentioned half marathon. There's a distance, easy to measure. If you attach that to a date, even more measurable. And then he mentioned 50 mile weeks. Pretty simple to measure that over the course of seven days. So I do think what Wade maybe very specifically also called out is setting those targets in a way that you can say yes or no. When the answer is yes, I did it, give yourself that reward. And when the answer is no, and my goodness, all of us would tell you there will be plenty of those instances where no is the result. Do what Joanna said, and that is not be too hard on yourself. Do not set yourself up for failure. Billy Simpson, that is the challenge, of course. Wade referenced it. The later you are in the BPRC history, the chronology, Swanee, our second to last door that has been open, the harder it is perhaps to come up with novel guidance. But nonetheless, we have all the confidence in the world in you, my friend. What have you for us? Uh, well, the big thing, and this, you know, of course, applies to fitness, running, and really just life in general about moving forward and meeting your goals is find something to get excited about. 
things you enjoy that just makes everything all the easier and you know not just of course ice cream gets me excited too so i definitely understand that um but really something you just enjoy doing to where it doesn't feel like you're doing the work all the time and that goes into you know switching it up and not burning out just because there's so many fun things but everything goes by faster and easier when you're enjoying it oh man that is important so when you're enjoying it so let's pull this apart a little bit billy and that is we know there are people right now who have you know somewhat if not very emphatically pledged that walking or running or exercising or eating well is part of their 2021 plan but they just don't like it they're not looking forward to it they quite frankly may even be loathing it but they know ultimately it would be better if they did engage in it or start to do it anything that you might say for that person who right now doesn't find enjoyment in it but wants to and knows what you said is true and that if they could it would be easier how do you find enjoyment in something that at least up front doesn't seem like that much fun well there's definitely like the others were saying having an accountability partner you know that's going to make things go by faster be a conversation or just somebody suffering with you so to speak but um you know get a playlist that you like jamming out to um that you can get your alone time and your thinking time in um if you don't have the partner man i love that tactical suggestion and everybody is is different right so there you have someone you enjoy spending time with or you admire if now they're an accountability partner it's going to make it that much more enjoyable whether you're a playlist person or not you can understand there's all kinds of media that's out there whether it's before during or after it may be that hit list from another season in your life it may be whatever that current podcast is that is sitting out there unlistened to and thankfully you've not had a long commute to make to listen to it and now exercise gives you that opportunity it may be that reward Maybe it's the Ben and Jerry's like with Wade, but there needs to be a way to find some level of satisfaction because if you just loathe every bit of it, it is really tough for this to be sticky and be something that you stick with it. So find something that you can connect or attach to it to make it enjoyable. Chris, you get the hardest job of all. Midtown, the last door in the BPRC chronology, at least to date. So that means that you are the anchorman, my friend. You are the grand finale on this question. Blow us away. No, no pressure. I've been busy taking notes, Mike, because of all the great advice everyone else has given. Yes, um, me too. But yeah, so it, a lot of it has been said, uh, accountability, uh, being able to measure uh, those goals, achievement or whatnot, um, and, and setting uh, those small bite-sized uh, achievements along the way. Uh, so I'll kind of pivot a little bit on that and say, um, just don't be afraid to start. So give yourself some grace in goal setting and remove barriers that would normally keep you from even starting. I think that's a challenge for most of us is it's easy to sit down potentially and write down, here's the things I want to do. Um, I'm going to run a marathon, qualify, I'm going to walk every day. Uh, maybe I'm going to become an astronaut and, and travel with, with Elon Musk to Mars, you know, whatever those, those sky high or low level goals are. Uh, acknowledge that you've 
got to start on it today. So don't let tomorrow um, be the enemy there. Um, so to, to just to start on them, work on them, but also give yourself grace that not every day is going to go to plan. Um, and that's something that in goal setting I've seen with running marathons that you can have this this target goal of of a time and you know early in that race things can go uh sideways and the question is as with any goal you set do you continue moving do you find other uh things you can achieve and kind of hang your hat on or do you kind of say well i didn't get my big goal i'm done and, and i think that's part of one of the challenges so there's there's the piece of if you've got a, a really high level goal um making sure that you keep pushing at it um, and so finding those lower pieces to achieve along the way. Um, and then also allowing yourself the, the, the grace to say, well, you know what, uh, this isn't embarrassing. Today was not the day where things went according to plan and tomorrow I'm going to wake up and start again and, and get after it. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. And you set me up for something that I wanted to say, I'm going to hang on to it for right now. But what I did think about is a, a quote that, I believe you connected to because when you said you start today, why would you wait? Some have heard that the graveyard is the richest place on earth. It's a Les Brown quote that it says very specifically, the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here that you will find the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled. And it goes on to talks about books that were never written and inventions that were never shared, and plans that never came to fruition. But to Chris's point, today is the day. Don't contribute to why the graveyard is the richest place on earth and put off to tomorrow or next month or next year what is going to make you more complete, more satisfied, more content if you start today, even if it is difficult and then chris my goodness i love 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 the fact that you use the term barriers because it's so easy to identify a why even though it's maybe not easy or simple to go out and pursue it or make the opposite of what is current today be different tomorrow but very few times have i heard people say well these are the things that are the biggest impediments i've defined the enemy and now I'm going to take action specifically at what that is. So I think those barriers are, are really, really important. Can you give us an example of what might be a barrier, whether it's in your own life with a goal or something that you've seen with others where getting that barrier out of the way first or at least being mindful of it has contributed to making progress against the target? Yeah, I think for for most of us, and I definitely am someone who who will battle with it. There's a fear of failure, right? So anytime you set a goal, um, there's the the potential to also have that kind of counterbalance of the fear of failing, and most of that is kind of self-made construct. So most people are not going to judge us by it. We're judging ourselves by it. Um, so it's important to acknowledge uh, what that failure is, what that fear truly represents. So. Uh, you know, understanding why the goal is there. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to accomplish with that goal versus just that, you know, finish line perspective. Um, and then just allowing yourself the opportunity to say, okay, well, yeah, the fear's there. Um, let's go after it anyway. And and that's where I think having those high level, but then also those incremental goals help kind of build that uh, kind of, uh, track record of success and make you feel like you are getting towards where you want to be. Well, I like the, the track record. It reminded me of what Jason said when he and Mary went and, and, and declared that 
that intent to go vegan, I would imagine a barrier of what's in the refrigerator right now. When we do our shopping, what parts of our schedule provide a challenge to this vegan lifestyle? Those are barriers, right? And it'd be so easy to say, well, let's just do it. But if you don't acknowledge those, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. And then Chris, another term that you use that I love, then all of a sudden you got to extend that grace and, and, and retrench and perhaps even replan. D2, you had a chance to do the same thing Chris and I and perhaps others did, and that is take notes. Given what our colleagues said, anything that you would pull back out or say on top of what we just heard from our team? Well, I mean, those are all great advices, and and I think I don't know that I could add much more, but I do think that you know um, there's you know just to kind of echo what all of them have said, you know the you know, taking things kind of uh, in small uh, you know bites, and I remember that back when I was um, you know signed up to do an Ironman, and you know at when I remember when I first got in a triathlon, just doing a sprint triathlon was huge to me, and I thought, well, that's it. That's for me. If I do one, I can call myself a triathlete, and I'm done. And never did I envision uh, you know the you know getting to do an Ironman distance to do uh, you know you know, over 140 miles and, you know, and being out on a course for, you know, 15 hours or something like that, you know, or the maximum I think is 17. And, you know, as you start doing them and you start doing these and you start taking these small bites, you start seeing kind of what you're, what you're able to do. You start gaining confidence. Um, so there's that part of it as well in taking those small bites is that you gain confidence of what you're able to do and you start taking those little steps even though you at the very beginning may not feel that you can reach that ultimate goal maybe that's not even a goal that's even on your radar but by attempting these smaller goals can lead you down a path a journey that truly allows you to see what you're capable of um so there's that part of it that sort of kind of is a surprise that comes along with it um but also for those that are you that are more you know, goal setting, it, it, it does, you know, I do think it's one of those things where it allows you then to kind of train in a safe manner to reach that ultimate goal if that's what you set out to do. Um, so whether it's a marathon, you know, and you've ne if you're just starting out running and your goal is ultimately to run a marathon, starting out with that 5K, seeing what you can do and getting experience and learning race strategy, learning how to pace, getting up to a 10K and knowing that it's different than a 5K, getting up to a half marathon and knowing that it's a completely different type of race than a 5K um, and learning about nutrition, learning about training and, and getting into, uh, you know, consistency and running that will eventually lead you up to, let's say, a marathon. Um, you know, not everyone can go from a, a, a goal, you know, that's as large as a, as a triathlon. I'll throw it back to you, Mike, because you know, you did, you were a one and done triathlete uh, and you were a one and done uh, Ironman. You went out and said, I'm doing an Ironman and you did no other build up. Right like that. And there's not that many people that can do that. Um, so it can be done. But I think, you know, for most people, you need to kind of take those smaller steps and um, and those small bites in order to build up to that bare goal. So I use those as real life kind of examples of things that can potentially um, occur because it is kind of a journey. It is a little bit of surprise when you can see some of the results that happen and that's motivating enough to keep you going and um, 
yeah, and there will be those times where maybe you don't reach those results, where maybe you're hoping to PR and for whatever reason on that particular day, um, you know, you did not get that PR or you had a bad race day or maybe it was the conditions, uh, maybe you had bad sleep, you know, in the days leading up to the, to the race and you were unable to do that. Don't let that discourage you either. Um, let that also be a motivation, say there is another race and th that you can continue to, to push forward and continue to um, you know, work for those goals. Well, D2, one thing, even though our journey to perhaps the Ironman finish line was different, what you said that I think we need to pull out because we've not mentioned it yet, and that is when you said you gave yourself the permission or the authority, maybe after that sprint, to say you were a triathlete. And I can tell you that even though I had not done a triathlon, once I committed myself to the training, I said, I am a triathlete. And it doesn't need to be triathlon. It doesn't even need to be in this world of fitness and wellness and health and exercise. But I do think there is a mental component. You use the word very specifically. My belief is probably very intentionally confidence. And for whatever it is that you want to do or want to do better or more often, my goodness, give yourself the good fortune and the tailwind of believing that is you. You are a runner. You are someone who's a fitness enthusiast. You are someone who is taking care of your body. You are someone who is a terrific parent. These are examples, of course, you fill in the line that makes the most sense for you, but that part of it goes with the guidance that you've received. You've got to believe it in order to have your best chances, not only of sticking with it, but ultimately, in my opinion, accomplishing it. If you need a real expert and not just me to tell you, my guidance would be go back to episode number 82 of the Run ATL podcast. Listen to Abby Keenan with Intrepid Sports Performance. She'll give you all the reasons that that type of thinking works and makes sense. Okay, we're going to head to our next query for this esteemed panel. And yet at the same time, I'm going to indicate one more thing before we do so. And this may be the difficult part. And Chris set me up so well. This, I believe, is a barrier for all of us and for most, if not all of our listeners. And that is time. The tactic I would suggest for everyone, if you have made a declaration, if you have made a resolution, if you have not scheduled the amount of time that is necessary to affect that change, to make and ultimately live out that commitment, you need to address that barrier. Just because you've indicated you wanna run a 5K, you've not been given an extra 30 minutes each day. Just because you want to lose four or six or 60 LBs, it does not mean those steps that are necessary to get there are incremental time on your calendar. If you do not plan your day, your week, your month, your year for these targets that you set, my belief is you're going to come up short. So take time into account, budget accordingly, perhaps begin saying no to things that you've said to, said yes to in the past, or declare certain things that have been part of who you are up to this point as what we refer to as a necessary ending, discontinue it, and now invest that time in these targets that you've set. All right, onward, panel. This one's gonna go into what would be considered the open space, no need, for us to go around chronologically or alphabetically or any other way. And I'm just going to read this the same way that we kind of put this together. And everybody will understand this for sure. And that is one, there were no simple descriptors for 2020. 
And I don't want, and everybody's already seen this on our leadership team, I don't want us to belabor what last year was. I just want to celebrate this year and what it can be. But at the same time, we all now have this opportunity, individually, collectively, to reach back into last year and perhaps select some things that we actually want to pull forward with us that can serve us well going into this new year. Heck, we have the ability now to purpose that recent history in a way that makes sure perhaps that there are silver linings from 2020 and maybe even the possibility of a favorable legacy from last year because of what we survived, but even more so because of what we can do this year. So ladies and gentlemen, what are you being mindful of from last year that you are taking into this year that you believe will be helpful for you and perhaps for others? Billy, thank you for being willing to go first. I see the green on your screen. Go for it, my friend. Uh, well, I know this is something we've talked about before, but everybody's struggling with something, not only during this time, but all the time. And just, you know, be empathetic, understand that people are going through things financially, mental health wise, physical health wise, uh, and just try not to judge people based on what you're seeing initially um, and almost, well, maybe just as importantly, um, don't judge yourself. You know, when you are going through these tough times, make sure you understand that everybody else is as well. And just because it's happening to you as small or as big as it is, it's a real thing. And you really do need to take care of yourself. And also just make sure you're being, biggest thing to me is just being kind to others and that's going to help everything get better. Um, that's just, in my opinion, the biggest thing to take out of it is we're all struggling with something and we really can help each other out. Well, you had a couple of great buzz terms. One, empathy. Empathy. What an awesome word. Also, you mentioned being kind to others. My favorite term, perhaps of all, is kindness. I know that's not necessarily the same as being nice, but kindness, in my opinion, always wins but the thing that landed on me maybe most heavily billy with what you said is not to judge yourself because i think we all understand it's good guidance even if we don't always live it out or carry it forward that we shouldn't judge others that we should not should not sit in that judgment seat lest we want others to do the same to us but not to judge ourselves certainly not unfairly or overly harshly anything else you would say about that and why that maybe has been a practice of yours or has been liberating for you because you have practiced that where you've not judged yourself unfairly or overly harshly well obviously you need to judge yourself some fairly um and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the last question but just really need to understand that even if it's something small, it's something that's real. It just because, you know, it may be something that's not talked about a lot. It's a real thing. It's happening to you and it's not going to get any better if you don't acknowledge it. Um, you really just need to, yeah, as you're saying, be kind to yourself. 
Well, and that term grace that came up earlier, I think, comes up again. Give yourself that gift. All right. Thinking about 2020, who else is pulling something forward or going to use what you experienced last year as an asset to this year? Jason. So with, with 2020 and with, uh, you know, not being able to go out and do things we want to do and all that, it, it, we, we can all look back on that and, you know, kind of see that as not so fun, not so great. But one of the one of the things that I took away from 2020 and one of the habits that admittedly wasn't a habit before, but became one was just being able to reach out to friends and keep conversations going. And it kind of you, you take that for granted. And now it's, you know, having scheduled times to talk with different friends now on a regular basis has been something that's been incredibly fulfilling to me. and. Um, something that again i wish i'd done sooner and it, you know it took a year like 2020 to get to where that became a habit but i'm glad it's something that i've picked up on i'm glad it's something that i'm doing better with and just being able to just reach out and talk to friends that are distant friends that are close um, that, that's been something that has been sort of a positive i took out of 2020 and something that will continue into 2021 and beyond. Jason, you know how helpful that is for me to hear? Because I will tell you, I did not do well in that area last year at all, despite the fact that it seemed to be more prominent in a lot of places. For me, it just never took root. I think there were a lot of things that ended up crowding it out that I wouldn't necessarily redo or, or chastise. But hearing the satisfaction that came with it, I will tell you that's one of my declarations for this year. And the fact that you've given it meaning is helpful for me to think I need to stick with it because it will yield dividend. And again, when we think about your advice from the last question, accountability partners, accountability partners do not come along without connectivity and without that effort to stay connected and to reach into your community, reach in to the lives of those who you're obviously very much interested in and be empathetic and 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 be that good friend it, it just doesn't happen on its own so that's super cool for me to hear so thank you beyond just being willing to share thank you for speaking into my own life chris how about you yeah i think i would echo on the idea of perspective and empathy being two important qualities that kind of stood out in 2020 um more often than once, kind of had that idea in my head of when maybe someone coming in the store, whatever, whatever was going on, it was not about me, right? So just trying to externalize that piece and understand this side. But um, also gratitude. I think we've talked about this before, and the other guys said this as well. Uh, just gratitude for the, the the things you do have in your life, for the human connections, for those things you may have taken for granted in the past that were not as available uh, during the last year, and that you hope to see available again. Uh, and just for those tiny moments, uh, you know, for me, getting to spend so much time with my girlfriend not working all the time at, at uh, her workplace, you know, gratitude just for that time you get to spend with someone that you care about. Uh, those are important things to be able to take away as well from last year. Man, I love that. And I'm glad that we did not miss the opportunity to pull out what we talked about as a leadership team in that spirit of gratitude because it's easy to say there are plenty of you know great places that we can find it if we're looking for it certainly there are no shortage of 
inspiration, inspirational quotes that reference it. But man, we might have forgotten it if it wasn't for you to bring it up. So, so thank you. And my goodness, there's no one who will be worse off if they make gratitude a theme for their life in 2021. Anybody else have anything that they're taking out of our recent past and putting in it into our future? Joanna. Uh, so for me, it was a year that kind of, it stripped away all of the busyness because, you know, we simply weren't able to be as busy as we're used to. And I am very much someone who gets kind of caught up and constantly, if I'm awake, I'm doing something, whether it's, you know, at work or working out or for school or like I'm constantly out doing something and having a year that kind of forced me to slow it down, kind of be reflective, focus on what matters and kind of just like positive time with self. Um, I have a lot more habits that 2020 kind of forced on me that have they've been goals that I've kind of half gone after of just like waking up in the morning and taking the first half hour to slowly drink some coffee and read or sketch or journal and having a slower paced year um, has kind of it's almost forced that and their habits that I'm grateful for because it's it's time to kind of reflect on what matters to me and what I personally want to go for instead of just getting caught up in the busyness of day-to-day habits and life. Well, and the busyness doesn't really go away, right? Even though so many things have changed, it's still really easy to get caught up in the busyness. Are there any things in your routine, Joanna, that you saw kind of altered or that maybe intentionally you changed last year or going into this year that helps us push back or maybe you believe is going to help you specifically, if not push back, at least manage that busyness? Um, I think with a lot of time on, you know, for us specifically time on conference calls or just, you know, life hanging with friends is now a Zoom call or, you know, just calling somebody up and being on the phone for 45 minutes where normally we would have met over coffee. Um, For me, it's, you know, I can't be physically with this person. So I'm going to take my dog and we're going to go to the mountain and go for a walk while I'm, you know, mentally enjoying this person or, you know, conversationally enjoying this person. I'm going to do something else that I enjoy doing. And still, instead of being out in kind of a hectic environment, for lack of a better term, um, kind of taking a step back and taking away all of the outer distractions and kind of focusing on the conversation or the, you know, journal or the quiet time or whatever it is, um, just kind of being able to focus on that instead of everything else going on. Well, Robert Brault said, enjoy the little things for one day you may look back and realize that they were the big things. And I think Joanna reminds us of that when she calls out the busyness and then uses that example, like taking your dog for a walk. And when she says at the mountain, generically, that's Kennesaw Mountain National Battlefield, but it may be a park down the street from you, or it may be even if you live in Swanee or South Atlanta or somewhere else, making time to make that trip because it is a special place, not just for Joanna, but for a lot of people and perhaps for you too, if you've been saying for too long, I should do that. I should go there. I should try it because both Joanna and Robert Brault are of course, in my estimation, very much correct. Wade, how about you? Uh, So I think a big thing thing that a lot of us took from 2020 was also, you know, in addition not to 
in addition to not just knowing what another person's day or life has been, um, we can do more than just smile. We can actually try to engage, um, try to understand, you know, yes, what their priorities are, what their life has been, why it's been like that, and actually take part in that, you know, or improving those things. Um, you know, trying to understand why people have their priorities. I guess just trying to be part of that, trying to be part of the positive change. Well, and and positive change is one thing, but the term that you mentioned, Wade, engage, to engage with others or engagement, you know, we've talked as a leadership team, and I've even put it in presentation decks in the past because it's so important for us as a leadership team and it's so important for us as a consumer facing business with our guests and with other constituents of our business to do just that the expression that i've used in the past that engagement is not just for couples in love and warring countries it is also for all of us who intend to make a difference in the lives or the life of another and now you bring that term to this as we think about 2020 and power up from it as we go into 2021 Build on that for a second, if you don't mind. How can you engage with others, others in your life or in general, in a way that is reflective of 2020 being somewhat difficult, perhaps incredibly difficult for some, and the optimism that should accompany us into this new year? What does engagement look like, Wade? No, oh, sorry, I lost audio for a second there, but I think You're I caught tail in bed. <laughs> um, to me, uh, mostly thinking about racial injustice within the U.S. and during 2020, came to better understand what Black Lives Matter means. Um, you know, it's not just the idea that all lives matter, but also specifically that Black Lives, you know, matter is a separate kind of. I'm blowing this. I apologize. Um, no, you. I'm glad that you brought this part up, so please. Sorry, you're the eloquent one here, Mike. Um, <laughs> but, you know, coming to understand just what, you know, other people's lives have been that have led them to you know, have to make the statement that Black Lives Matter. You know, it's something that I feel like we all kind of innately understand in terms of just, you know, lives matter, but understanding why we have to actually get to that point within the U.S. Um, hopefully it got there in the end, but that's been kind of a big one, I know, for myself, but also a lot of people within our community here in Atlanta. Well, let's look at the definition specifically, and there are obviously lots of definitions to engage in engagement. But if we think about racial equity, if we think about this item that is a headline alongside the pandemic coming out of 2020, and quite frankly, what I hope we'll have, not just real firepower as we go into this new year, but real staying power as we take these initial and ultimately these initial steps and ultimately this journey into the future. The definition that our friends Miriam and Webster use, emotional involvement or commitment. And Wade was kind enough to take us here to this element of racial consideration. Now think about that definition, emotional involvement or commitment. And collectively, I can tell you as an organization that is something we will demonstrate engagement. Not just in 2021, not just 
as a mirror to what we learned in 2020, but for the days that we have ahead. So Wade, I can't thank you enough actually for bringing that forward and connecting it to that term that means so much to me and to this organization. So it was more eloquent than you might have anticipated. In fact, I would say it was perfectly eloquent. D2, anything that you would say that kind of rounds this out or anything that anybody else would mention prior to coming down our panel's home stretch? Well, the one thing that for me that I've sort of been practicing now for for several years and it was, you know, for me, you know, was very something that I really focused on a bit, you know, in 2020 was, um, you know, trying to not focus on things that I can't or don't have any control over um, and to focus and 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 be engaged in the things that I do have control over. Um, I think that there's times where we tend to focus on, you know, everything that is going on in the world that we don't have control over, that it puts us mentally in a negative state, that I think you, there's some things that you kind of have to let go and focus on the things that you can do. Um, and whether that's, you know, and when, and by and by that, I mean, it's like, you know, take action in the things that you can do and and make that change. And whether that's for your own personal health and well-being in the things that you can control. So let's say for at the beginning when, you know, the pandemic hit and, and gyms closed and, and maybe you were going to gym on a regular basis and now you can't go. That's something that's beyond your control. So what can you control? Well, you can do exercises at home. You can go out running. You can, you know, maybe go uh, cycling. You know, are there other things that you can do to offset those things that you don't have control over? Um, you know, take action and use that type of mentality in other aspects of your life. If there's things in your in your job and things that you feel like you don't have control, what do you have control that you can affect change and change in a way that is positive? Um, you know, and that's you know, you know, whether it's you know political or you know or, or racial or things like that that you feel that okay i can get involved i can do things i can be a part of something instead of feeling uh sort of kind of um defeated in the sense that you know there's things that you don't have control over and and for me this was you know very prevalent in social media where you know in my job because i, I do marketing i am very connected to social media so I'm looking at all these different platforms and I'm seeing everything that's going on and I see a lot of negativity and I have, I can't control what other people are saying, um, but I can control not to respond, not to engage um, and maybe focus less on those platforms that I feel are providing that negativity that then transfer that negativity in, into, into my life. So the, that's, that's sort of kind of what I mean. There's a lot of different aspects where you can look at that, um, but I think, Focusing in the areas that you can, you have control over and, and, and taking action to make change and taking control of those things for yourself. That is so true. And there's no shortage of things that we can control. And of course, it is so easy to get wrapped up in and to, quite frankly, be counter to what D2 just suggested. And that is get wrapped into those things that we cannot. That is an awesome reminder and I hope one that we'll take into account and D2 that you'll maybe be our accountability partner for at least me and perhaps those on on this call. Well, I know this. Here's what I 
can say with certainty, there are plenty who are listening to this who have gotten something meaningful from this conversation, but even more so, they're like, man, I would do almost anything to work in an organization like this, not just because of the insight and the guidance, but quite frankly, just because of the fact that when we come together, like we're doing now, like we do often, we're going to have a conversation that is uplifting, productive, and likely to make a difference. So I can't thank each of you enough for being part of this. And I'm not just talking about an episode of the Run ATL podcast. I'm talking about Big Peach running company. So thanks so much, y'all. You're very, very much appreciated. Of course, we're not finished. We've got a couple of things we can't wait to share with you that will be part of 2021 as well. We'll do it right after we get back from this brief message. Don't go anywhere. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast, D2. Really, really cool. Not very often we have those types of conversation online instead of in person at the beginning of a new year. But it was kind of cool to see that part of 2020 carry over where we can still have a very productive discussion, even though we're not together. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, 2020 was a very unique year, a historic year for many reasons. And uh, just to kind of look back and see kind of what we learned and what lessons we did learn that we can take into the future, I think it's, it's a great reminder of what we're capable of. Well, and as I, I look back and think back to that conversation, one theme I'm going to pull out before we look ahead, and that is it came up over and over and over again, even though that was done virtually, even so much is still be do being done socially distant or perhaps not yet at all. How many times did we hear the importance of accountability partners or community or doing things with others or helping others stay true to what they have indicated is important to them or where you're willing to share what is your intention. So for sure, we are still all in this together. Certainly Big Peach Running Company is very proud. In fact, incredibly privileged to be a small part of any journey you are making. Thank you for that opportunity. And now D2, let's look ahead into the future a little bit. We have spared no expense. And we are going for it again this year on the Run ATL podcast. We've got a couple of very timely and very relevant episodes forthcoming. Do you mind giving us a little bit of a preview? Yeah, I mean, and this is one of those things that, you know, I joke with Mike about this previously is that when we have not uh, recorded them and we don't actually have them, as I as is said in the uh TV and film industry in the can where we have not recorded, we tend to jinx it. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll take full responsibility if it doesn't happen. But yes, we uh, got plans to have Rich Kana, the executive director of the Atlanta Track Club, 
to talk about you know things uh, that you know obviously over the last couple of years races have been impacted. The Atlanta Track Club has been impacted. The last big event that we had was the U.S. Um, Olympic Marathon Trials that they did a fantastic job in in hosting and here in the city of Atlanta. Um, so to talk about things like that, to talk about you know how they've kind of come back, the the kind of the protocols that they're taking um, with races, um, you know. We, one of their biggest races is the uh, Publix Atlanta uh, half marathon and full marathon. That's taking place at the end of February, February 28th. I have actually signed up for it. So I'm curious about how things are going to go down, the change in venue. Um, so we'll have all those questions. Plus, you know, you know, our biggest question is, is Peachtree. That's the, the biggest race here in, in town and it's, it's their largest event. And so hopefully we'll be able to get some answers as to what's in place, what's going to happen um, for the uh, Peachtree Road Race. Well, as you know, D2, Rich has hinted to us that that's part of why we've timed him to be one of our first featured conversations. So we will be making sure we put the heat on him for some very important, timely information on Peachtree. So we're not going to promise it yet, but I can promise the youth that we're going to do everything we can to get it. And then, of course, coronavirus and this pandemic by no means is in the rear view certainly headlines we're still seeing every single day that are both concerning and heartbreaking our episode in the very near future perhaps even following rich Kana, we have already lined up dr jonathan kim from emory sports medicine and he is going to give us some things to think about not just connected to coronavirus and exercise but to a much larger and even more important consideration as we go into the future, and that is what exercise, our exercise routine can mean for health and wellness, not just in those traditional contexts, but in improving our ways to remain healthy in the most exceptional of circumstances. He's also working on some cool projects already as it relates to the new sports cardiovascular institute that he has. I don't think that terminology is right. I'll clean it up before we have him on, but he has broken ground on some research and some work that he's doing with professional athletes from all of our teams here in the Atlanta area, as well as those of us who do things like this recreationally. And with that cardiovascular work he's doing, we're going to benefit collectively from it. We'll pull out some great information from him. Certainly looking forward to having him on. That sounds pretty exciting. I mean, the I'm, I'm amazed at how many people we know that are connected to uh, professional uh, sports here in Atlanta. Um, we've had a couple, uh, I, I think, guests that have, you know, have those connections. And I'm like, man, I'm like, how do we get tickets? <laughs> get us in. Um, but of course, that right now, that's not not happening um, because obviously, you know, pandemic and social distancing and, and keeping things, uh, you know, safe for everyone. No one's going to stadiums as far as I'm, uh, I'm aware of, of actually in-person uh, live events, but uh, still um, it, it should be, it, it's, it's exciting to kind of hear about what's coming up. Well, and those are tougher tickets now, of course, with the smaller size in each venue. And you gave me time, though, to clean it up. It's Emory Sports Cardiology Department, not Cardiovascular Institute. How about that? Fixing it on the fly. But we will do much more than that this year. We've got so much that we could talk about already lined up 
already in the gunny sack. It is going to be a great year for sure. No doubt about it. We look forward to spending this time with you every two weeks. But for now, we must bid you adieu. We do so once again, wishing you a happy new year. On behalf of Dolomite Dave, it is a pleasure to be with you again in this new year. All our best to you, as we always say, as we certainly mean alongside our happy new year, may your best miles be those covered on.